Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So the prevailing sentiment for quite some time has been that this summer, the summer of 2021, of course, will be a debaucherous one. Single folks in particular, probably a few newly divorced ones as well, who've spent the last year sort of largely celibate or sitting alone in their cold, uh, dark apartments, uh, such as my own, will be vaccinated and eager to apparently, according to the narrative online, meet and fuck. Spit on me, baby, spit on me. (laughs) And, you know, what's, what's interesting is, so social scientists, they have, this isn't just like uh, people kind of, you know, taking the temperature on social media. Social sci- scientists actually have a metric for determining how sexually active they predict the populace will be. Wow. And the way they determine it is by studying Elliot Glazer's movements. So <laughs> they, they, they track him oh. over weeks. They say, is this who is, really the who visual you meeting? want to put into our listeners' minds? How many men? How stra- are they strange and anonymous? How many bushes is he rummaging through? Oh how many God. bushes? And- Elliot passes a bush and he gets a chub. <laughs> it's true. But they discovered in studying Elliot that he's off the charts. So they, they wow. think it's going to be a debauchery summer. So what do you guys think? I mean, obviously, Alan, Brent, you, you haven't in- said the term. You have to say the term. Oh, what's the term? Oh, hot, the sl- a slutty summer or whoring no, 20s? hot vac oh, summer. how dare you? <laughs> hot vac summer. Hot vac summer, sorry. Okay, so everyone's talking about hot vac summer. Right. This bitch, this bitch giving me notes on air. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, I don't know. I guess I, I somewhere in my head, I'm like, I don't think, I don't think it's going to materialize the way it should. I, I mean, I think, I think it will be just like a typical summer that we right. have previously experienced. Like, gay people will be sexual in any capacity that they can be sexual, and queer people, I should say. But I also think, like, the three of us are probably less prone to the more public displays of sexuality that other members of our community may enjoy like the i mean i we've gone to the sex i've done the sex party before we've done all these things before but like never in like we're not not going to like uh cozumel at white party yeah 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 and and posting it on instagram and shit like that's not who we are right so we probably will never have a hot girl summer (laughs) or yeah right well you're also you're in it you're in a boring relationship now that's so. ain't gonna keep me from having a hot back summer <laughs> right. now what about you elliot what do you think do you think you're gonna like kind of uh sow your seeds what how does that sow your that, oats sow your that? oats yeah i definitely think I, I at first like especially after i had a breakup in the middle of in, in covid i was like right. oh my god like i i'm i i need intimacy or whatever and like mm-hmm. everyone's talking about the roaring 20s, you know, after everything wraps up. Yeah, and roaring I think, 20s, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think at first I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to, that's, it's going to be all about, like, free love or whatever. And now yeah. as we've gotten out of it a little bit more, I'm, that's just, that's just kind of died down I for me. I see yeah. it happening, though. Like I see friends. it happening, but I'm, I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited to, like, go. It's the first time I've ever wanted to, actually wanted to go to a bar. Mm-hmm. I, w- I, I, I would like to go to bars and perhaps even clubs. <laughs> yeah. I'm dying to perform again. Yes! I'm dying to perform. Like inside. Yeah. I want to do a show inside a bar. 
Elliot, will, to... will you buy a mesh shirt and start going to clubs again? <laughs> Only if you do. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I do think it's uh, we should just explain a little bit because the, the Roaring Twenties thing that Elliot mentioned is an interesting thing that I've heard a lot of people talk about. Yeah. But it was after the Spanish flu and everything that happened in 1918 and 1919. And then, mm. of course, the Roaring Twenties happened and it was right. sort of debauchery. And then, of course, you know. The economy the fell apart right. ten years later, but I'm sure. still, but the, it's a uh, it's an interesting. Reference. It would be funny if the if like the Roaring. Tw- I mean, it's I mean, it's a century later. It's like the same thing, but I mm-hmm. wonder if the Roaring Twenties like all of a sudden people. It'd be very funny if the, if like people got into like jazz now, you know, and like <laughs> <laughs> start yeah. wearing like pearls. I mean, there are those annoying people who like jazz age lawn festivals and yeah. like yeah. dressing like flappers and stuff. They'll you know always what? be around, but. And you know what? I still don't get jazz. I don't? still I... don't. Yeah, I, just, I love, to me, it's I just love all jazz. saxophones and it's like, that's fine. It's not that I don't respect that it created, I mean, it didn't like create every other like modern yeah, genre much. Of music yeah. or something yeah. so like I get it. I'm not saying they're bad people I'm just saying like I don't fucking the get only it. thing the Ken I know about Burns thing about it fuck the only thing I know about jazz is that one time I saw Diana Krall at the Whole Foods in Chelsea. Mm, I love she was her. Like, yeah, well, you wouldn't in this instance. She was like eight <laughs> months pregnant, eating grapes, just out, just at Whole Foods, <laughs> and looking like the most angry, uncomfortable. She was pregnant with like twins then. Angry, uncomfortable. Be, but I mean, you'd be uncomfortable too. Yeah. I would be too, but I would also have Elvis Costello go get me grapes. <laughs> Buy right. you grapes. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. No, I, How I, dare you? Not to segue too far, but like, I'm just curious, does jazz, when you are not a fan of jazz, is it the same way that you're not a fan of like, come from away in the sense that it's grating on the ear or you're just like, that's not for me? Uh, yeah, it's just not for me. I, I guess I don't see the point of the, uh, the songs are like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> I, I like it, I find it soothing. But I, I want to see, yeah. I want to see a sex party set to jazz. That is just like <laughs> mi- gay men walk, queer men walking around in like the mesh shirts with like yeah. Ella Fitzgerald. Actually, that's what they did at scat parties. They call scat groups Ella because they can have like Facebook groups and oh, that's right. Like, oh, yeah, tell us. Yeah, that? But, but, yeah but yes, mm-hmm. yeah. The friend <laughs> a of friends told us. Oh. <laughs> yeah, a friend <laughs> told us. Um, <laughs> I will bleep. I will bleep Elliot saying that. Um, I think he's open and proud about it. Let's but... no, not that part of it. No, <laughs> but the um, the friends of Ella uh, groups are cover for scat. So there are a lot of like lost jazz fans in scat yeah. groups. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Although th- what you describe basically sounds like what I, ex- I imagine Berlin just is. <laughs> Real stinky. Not even joking. We're here with Max Jenkins, actor and um, uh, oh. juggernaut. <laughs> no, you no. first and foremost, because they're going to be confused if you don't tell them off the bat. I'm going to be talking about all sorts of you know industry stuff. <laughs> you you are. I mean, but you you've really like made a name for yourself, especially in the last few years in. Um, television uh, between Deborah. I'm talking about the women you've worked with, Deborah Messing. Oh my God, yes, Christina Applegate. And they're all jealous of each other, and they all want to be my best friend. And <laughs> I don't let any of them rest for a minute all on their toes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most recently you've been, you were in the news. You're in the new season of Special as uh, our. You're going to say the newsroom. I was like, I did, I did too. I was like, wow. <laughs> I know. I thought he was going there too. Wow. My monologues. Oh my God. No, but you're on special with Ryan O'Connell, past guest of ours. 
Um, not a woman. Not a woman. That's right. right. No. right. Still a diva. <laughs> yeah. uh, but so that's probably been, I mean, that's that's got to be a pretty uh, incredible experience working on a show that's so niche, I guess, in, in its own way. That it's it, so it, special, to be honest with you. It's really <laughs> special. Know, it's so hard not to say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's we were just just a bunch of gay besties hanging out and like accidentally yeah. making a fucking really good show because Ryan is genius. But also just the fact that he tried to make it for years and then finally did. You know, I mean, I guess that's like truly literally everyone's story in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. But mm-hmm. it, nobody was going to make this show for so many years. And the fact that it was he was like, I'm going to make a fucking show about a disabled man who is sexy. He's fucking sexy and he has a lot of anal. You know? Yeah, what what's that like? I mean, I've, I've seen people talk about and like pieces about how it's like a pretty um, realistic depiction of gay sex for, for in a way that is sort of not, it's not pornified, it's not a hypersexual even, it feels real and funny and truthful. Um, and what is, I guess, what's it like to be a part of that, 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 you know, that, that, uh, I mean, understanding it's so bizarre i'm i'm just like kind of having sudden acid flashbacks to our <laughs> premiere because i did not I, I blacked out when i was watching it but now suddenly it's coming back to me me just kind of like twerking on ryan's dick essentially <laughs> right. but um but i guess i can speak more to the experience of doing it i can't i i, I couldn't i couldn't look at myself but doing it it was just fucking great we were just we're just besties me and ryan and we were naked and um taking pictures of each other's butts. We, we call each other, um, well, what, I don't I forget how we put it, but we, we, we document each other's butts. We're each other's premier documentarians of, of oh, each other's butts. So like check, checking out moles in case they like change color or something like you Well, mostly trying to obscure any moles or flaws. Or <laughs> right, right, Kind of right. really, um, make it really like nice. That, just <laughs> yeah, like, don't we all? still look normal? Is this still mm-hmm. hot? Yeah. You know I mean, you gotta have friends like that. like that to each other quite it's, often, it's, actually. It's funny, because I'm, uh, we are, I would say, the three of us the opposite. Alan had sort of an emo phase where he was very, like, nude a lot online, on Instagram, but, like, Elliot has yeah. never seen me shirtless. I feel like Alan's that never, never really went away. Shirtless. Uh, I have seen you shirtless. When did you see you... me shirtless? It was accidental, but it was in Palm Springs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in Palm Springs, you weren't shirtless? Yeah, you didn't take off your shirt. I oh, took my, I wore my shirt in the pool <laughs> in Palm Springs. Yeah. I think even my straight friends were like scared of me, like scared that I'm trying to hook up with them because I do like to, to be quite nude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sort of you are, are, are nude. You are very nude. I am. I am nude. Alan's nude. Too. I feel like Alan, you're, I don't know if you're nude, but you're like, you like to show skin? I'm very, yeah. I'm very open yeah. to body positivity. Yeah, but Alan, right. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's less about showing skin for us. It's just we want to be fucking naked. It feels nice. Yeah, we just want to feel free. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let that flag fly. I want to be Wait, but don't straight sheets. guys, yeah. don't straight guys, like, send pictures of their dicks to each other and, like, ask how this looks, bro? Isn't that well, a thing? I can say, I, I do think yeah. that some straight men are sending those pics. I've really? had these conversations with straight yeah, men. Yeah, I've been hearing about not this. So much, wow. Not so much about like in a in the way that gay men would share pictures, but in this sort of like either comical way or like a mm. sneak in there. We talked about this with our past guest, Sam Kiefer, before, where where like there's that sort of joking thread where it's Right, there has to be an element of comedy to it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. the, the dick always has to be funny. I think they are inherently minds, hilarious. When we talk about that stuff as gay men, we inherently, and I think this happens with everybody, when there's all these, like, when you talk about that kind of thing or when there's, like, 
clickbait articles about like you wouldn't believe what straight guys are doing now you know in our heads we sort of picture a very homoerotic situation but then in real life it's like no these are like like gro- probably like gross people yeah. sending like gross pictures of their oh, gross no. you can sit on it in a second yeah, i'm not i'm not saying i'm not saying sit on it oh my god i'm just saying i'm just saying, well i like, guess yes yeah That's i'm just the saying comedy is the blatant insecurity sort of being flaunted to your friends and and they're all like fuck dude i can't believe i'm doing this man holy shit <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. Well, but I want to bring up before we move on to other dick related topics. Yes. That before we started recording, we had a deep conversation about um, women, female actors specifically. And we started by talking about some of the women you've worked with, but we were fanning out on like Joan Cusack and, you know, Jennifer Aniston. Now, you actually work with some of these women. I mean, these like these women who that you must have like. Can I add another must-see TV diva to the the list? I've also worked with Wendy Malick. I mean, and she's such a queen, and maybe not maybe maybe sometimes forgotten, you know, in the same breath as those other ladies from the '90s. But she is so stunning and such a good actor. We did a play together at the Kirk Douglas in Culver City. I went to the 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 series finale party of Hot in Cleveland, and it was probably she was so drunk. So oh. drunk, and it was perhaps the most fun I've ever had. Nisi Nash touched my butt. It was like gorgeous. It was like my favorite night of my life. My friend came really to the fun. play. Wendy goes, he looked like Liza, and suddenly <laughs> realized. And I've seen, I've known my friend for twenty years. I suddenly realized he he's identical to Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Wendy to kind of unlock that, and I'll show you pictures Wait. later. But what is it like to work with some women that you like, or come across or just like be in the presence of some women that like you may have idolized growing up or like you really loved their work for years and years? I know it's just I mean, I'm sure you all have experiences. It, I, I, I don't think I have words, actually, which is challenging because this is a podcast. <laughs> but no, look, Deborah Messing was OK. Well, I'm working with Christina Applegate on Dead to Me now and I'm still I mean, fucking Terrible. I mean, I love her. Actually, I hung How out with her last night. she doesn't have an night. Emmy is like disgusting. Does she not? She does not have. An, she has many nominations, but she does not have an Emmy. She is the, the younger Jean Smart, if you will. She She's is. like that actress who is like not appreciated. Enough. I wonder if mm. the fact that she doesn't have an Emmy is like. I wonder if that that adds to the fact that she is so brilliantly deadpan yeah. and sardonic. I wonder if that yeah. gives her a little bit more of an. You know, it's all, like if she got yeah. the Emmy, maybe she would just mm-hmm. fucking. Lose it. And she was fantastic in Sweet Charity. I saw her in Sweet was, Charity in New York, and it was she's just fantastic. I'll tell you, she she was recreating some of her Tony performance for me last night because I begged her. <laughs> See, I actually got into a Brent Sullivan style uh, YouTube rabbit hole where it was like, I, I I'm not like I remembered because I I think this is from watching Dead to Me. I was like, wasn't she in a show on Broadway and it was like a disaster? And then I looked I up the old press. She broke her foot or something. She broke her, I think she broke, broke her foot, her yes. Foot. And also yeah. the press was like savage to, to her. And it was it like- It pitted her against her understudy or something? Yes, yeah. yes. Oh God. Yeah. And I went, wall. Yeah, and I went back and yes, that's right. And I went back and sort of went down this rabbit hole of like, when Christina Applegate was in Sweet Charity, and it was like this mm-hmm. low-key Broadway disaster, yeah. but she and was Wayne great. Salento, and... Wayne Salento was not allowed to recreate the um, the, choreo- the original choreography. Well, he wasn't oh. allowed to to use any moves that are really iconic from the original choreography. But I was watching those videos recently, and I thought he 
did an amazing job of kind of. He did. Uh, I thought it was a great show. What's yeah, a famous song really... from that show? Now let oh me get God. right to the point. Oh wow! I don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, we have to give credit to Kathy Lee Gifford for popularizing in the modern era one song from the show. If they could see me now, <laughs> now she did it out on the Starship cruise, eating fancy food and doing what they do. I also think Liv and Levita Loca was in that was in that show, That's right? right? Yeah, no, that was the no, first time no. that we heard that tune. <laughs> So it's a standard. It was recreated worked, by Ricky. Right, right. Given new it life. was actually a cover. A lot of people don't know that. So yeah. you work with all these women. I like, do they give you like pieces of advice? Like, because they've been around in this industry for 30 years, which is a longevity that almost no one can sustain. So like, is there like a poise that they have that you like? Yeah. What did Wendy Malick tell you about getting fucked by Colby Keller <laughs> in High Maintenance? Like, did she help you with that? Well, she had a lot of experience with that. So she was really, she was a shoulder to lean on. No, I mean, like, I think when you, as you're asking this question, I'm realizing that it's it's simply inherent to them. You can't fucking, there are no tips to be had. Yeah. It's just mm -hmm. them. Christina, like truly, she can fucking, she, she looks at the page and she knows the line just so perfectly. She has a like emotional breakdown on every take where she's like puddles of, of tears on the floor and they clean it up after this yeah. after each take flawlessly after each take and then she's also like like very subtly like telling nudging me to move to my mark because i'm not on my fucking mark oh, and wow. and i just the yeah. other day i was like you know you really you don't have to look at those lines do you you know i'm still just like so yeah. awkward around her because i'm so obsessed with her and she goes yeah i mean it's like a muscle that i guess i i acquired very early on she's like it's a muscle yeah so she, she has no idea yeah, they don't know right. how they I mean, do it, these women. It, yeah. In this situation, you're kind of playing a bit of a role reversal. Have you ever said to Christina Applegate, I'm right on top of that, Rose? Like, have you ever <laughs> gone down that road with Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? I'm going to do it next week, and I can't believe I haven't. I mean. <laughs> so you're shooting dead to me <laughs> right now. I'll say it, like, under my breath. She might, she, <laughs> might say, she might, like, say, fuck you. I have to, like, really underplay it so it's not, like, you know, a corny thing. Yeah. Yeah, I have to do like be really kind of amazing with how I how at I craft deliver. services. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Or Wait, when so she's asking me to do something for her, which yeah. <laughs> so you were referencing. I don't know. I'll figure it out. You were referencing before about enjoying nudity, and yes. um, do you, Elliot? No, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. fine. I'm okay. <laughs> Did you have your shirt off in Palm Springs? No. Oh, he takes his. He'll yeah. take a, He'll take his shirt Elliot, off for no problem. Yeah. To go swimming. You have some, you have some, hot, you have some thirst traps. Like, like very else. few, very. Yeah, few. No, Elliot, Elliot's a very fit, very fit young man, yes. and he looks and he looks great. But we're gonna have a great oh group text after this. He's rolling it. Why is he naked. mad at us? We're do, we're <laughs> literally we're not even making fun of him right now. And he's like I, I annoyed. Appreciate more. We're like I his think parents more. <laughs> yeah, that's true. On, go, ahead, go ahead, Elliot. Go ahead. Sorry. No, but but um, so like in appreciating nudity, you have to obviously be sex positive. And the scene that you did with Colby Keller in high maintenance was like a very intense sex scene this special scene is even more explicit it's it, it i really am still reeling from it <laughs> i mean do you free uh, sorry that, yeah I'm the colby keller was really was, was, something. was that the, i'm assuming that was the most like intense sex scene you've I'm ever sort seen. of mad at him still to this day can i tell you why yeah sure. because this and this is a scoop no but but he he did some press after that came out and he said i think my scene partner was nervous 
So, first of all, calling me nervous. Second of all, my scene partner? <laughs> a last name, even. Oh, my God. Jenkins was nervous. Did you, was, did you have to wear, I like... we had a good time. Did you have to wear, like, cock socks for those? Yes, cock socks always. Oh, so yes. weird. So weird. For all of those. But... Yeah, the balls come out as you I mean, you were about to ask, and so I'm telling you. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. God. They. What can I say? I mean, what was the question, Elliot? It's just wait, like how... Wait, how Elliot, you... Elliot, wait, I'm sorry, real quick. So you, so the people who haven't seen High Maintenance can understand, like, when you say it's like an intense sex scene, like, what do you mean? Oh, Colby yeah. Colby is topping Max, and it's in, it's intense. It's like it's graphic. It's, it's graphic, graphic as fuck. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. extended. It's like a couple of minutes. Got yeah, it. and okay. it's the, the kind of visual joke is that I'm looking around in awe at his apartment. <laughs> apartment, right. So she. Yeah, right. And right. you're like texting or something, right? I forget. I mean, scene. that's yeah. essentially I am, but not actually, yeah. but yes. Might yeah. as well. I, I mean, my question is just like, isn't how that must be very difficult or, or, or scary or ter- I, I would be, it so sounds so scary. Well, to me. Ever since Colby said that about me, that I was nervous, that his scene partner was nervous. I've just wondered to myself, what, what was I nervous? You know, because yeah. I kind of just, maybe I was catatonic and <laughs> sort of slightly catatonic. Maybe I was just kind of sitting like in <laughs> shock silence right before we went on. I remember I did a few push-ups, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were fully nude, you know, Colby actually complete. Oh, we, we actually, we, oh, I'll tell you about this one. We lost our cock socks oh, because no. they had thongs on them and we didn't want the strings to show. And so Colby's quite flaccid junk was, was just wedged. It was like some <laughs> chewed up chewing gum, Yeah, you know. Colby's one of those people. I've 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 known Colby for a few years. He's one of those people that when you stand next to him, like literally no one else is looking at you. Like no, like nobody is paying any attention to he's you. He's like eight feet tall. It feels like yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of. Does he still do porn or sex work or whatever? Um, I'm not or sure. Whatever. I don't know what to call it. Is, it, I, I, is porn bad? No, I'll tell well, you Colby that Keller's... he flew. He flew directly from our set to go do a Vivian Westwood campaign in Milan. So, <laughs> oh wow! If he's at all yeah. as booked as he was when we were working together, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, his Sean Cody scene from way back in the day was like a cultural reset. Like it was like that moment was just a game changer in the life of porn. Hmm. Really? You guys should check. Look wait, it up. I mean, his, clearly his none of you have debut. seen it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it was like, yeah, it was like his first, it was like his first porn thing. Yeah. yeah. And it was like a big deal that he was, it wasn't a big deal that he was doing it then, but it was sort of like, he went on to do much greater, become sort of very big in porn and do things. Right. But like, that was a moment where like, he sort of personified that early Sean Cody model thing. And those scenes were very like, he was a clean cut guy. And then all of a sudden he's doing the dirty. And it was, mm. it was a whole moment. Yeah. He's a very smart guy. He was very disdainful yeah. of me because I was excited to read the review for the new Adele album. <laughs> but I don't know why you would read that. Oh, wow. I remember what, he, what a strange guy. He, he, he sounds was also, very passive aggressive. He's he very also, elite. He's he was a Trumper, right? Elite. Wasn't he before yeah. Trump or something? Well, no, but in the Susan Sarandon way. Yeah. Yeah. He was Not like, really. he was a, he was a, he was like a very left or he is, I should say a very left person who wasn't necessarily for Trump, but he was sort of doing the Susan Sarandon thing. You're yeah. exactly right. I, I still haven't, I would, yeah. I, sorry, I still haven't forgiven her. And she's on like a commercial for like a new, uh, mm-hmm. oh, like a night, like a, 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 like a campaign to get hospitals to, to, pr- to show you the prices, which is a great idea. And literally every time she comes on, I'm like, nope, sorry, bitch. 
Uh, I'm not supporting whatever. I'm not giving any money. Fuck you. I, I mute it because I'm like, nope. She's you. also the voice of Tylenol. She's the voice of Tylenol? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Alan, I love spotting voices. She doesn't voice. feel like Tylenol to me. She doesn't. <laughs> oh, no, she's more Aleve. <laughs> yeah. Way more Aleve. <laughs> she's more. What is it like work? I have to, as I'm rewatching Will and Grace right now, uh, a good friend of mine, Ricky, is a big, big fan of Will and Grace. And so I meant to rewatch it for a long time. And I, it's so good. And it's so funny. And it's so like original. Deborah Messing seems like an insane person to work with, but also like a lot of fun. She's so cool. She, I mean, she was going through a lot. Her, her mom died right when we started Mysteries of Laura, and and it was like crazy that she kept, she had to keep working. She like flew out and then flew back immediately, and it was like suddenly we were just like meeting each other, and she was like in the worst moment of her life. But we became best friends. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Does she give God, you know, you guys are asking me about these women, and it's like so hard <laughs> for me to even. It's like. Ask me more like specific well, questions. Like, does she what give do you Jewish like? pride? What is she, does she give you Jew pride? She is such a fucking cool Jew, man. And she is so proud. And she uh, grew up like the only Jew in Rhode Island. And, and people would throw <laughs> shit at her house and like knock out her her um, her lamppost lights. Wow. And oh my god, she's a real one. You know, Best she's a real people loyal hate us. friend. <laughs> Not me. But yeah, it turns out. <laughs> god damn yeah. it. No, she is like I feel like, like kind of the stereotype of a of a of an actress, an older actress you'd work at work with would be that that they don't have a strong support system around them. But she she like has these real friends around her who are just really consistently there. And because of the, that group of girls and me, it's like she doesn't give a fuck about anything. You know, yeah. that's like kind of what you want in your own life, right? If you have your if you have your like four girls or your three girls, mm -hmm. nothing yeah. really. She's one of those actresses to me that like, like on the Joan Cusack sort of Christina Applegate level that don't get necessarily the respect that they deserve. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they're not like thought of in the realm of, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like ma like major actresses that like get a, like Alison Janney, for example, who like, they keep winning all these awards. They keep doing everything, but they- I mean, it is so crazy are... to think of how much time she's been on Will and Grace. Even the, yeah. the, the new one, what, for two or three seasons? Yeah. Yeah. It's like She's incredible. How much time do you have? It's like I guess I feel like if anything, it would be a whole nother thing to kind of try to forge a new path away from Will and Grace. Mm -hmm. But then and then I'm like, why would you even want to? Maybe you know, but I guess you would yeah, want to yeah. because you can't top it as a yeah. sitcom. You can't do another fucking sitcom. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. but this is purely conjecture. I just talked to her over Marco Polo. I don't know if you guys have that app. No, what yes. is yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I keep getting, I hate people it. keep sending me stuff. I hate it. I don't understand. I hate it too, Elliot. I fucking hate it. <laughs> Why you is have she to, on it? You have to keep mental track. I feel like I'm getting Alzheimer's because I can't think of anything the person just said in their video. Yes. Yep. And it's yeah. just a fucking, it's literally, it has no capabilities, None. this app. It's, it's just fuzzy, a walkie -talkie. it's pixely, it's a walkie-talkie. It makes no sense yeah. why anybody would use it, and I use it occasionally. And I use yeah. it too. Uh, I, sure. I use it to get video, but I don't know, like half the time I don't even respond because I'm just like, I'll do it later, and then I, I don't think about it. I feel that it's just shame. It's, it's purely shame, yeah. and we're, we're just fueled by guilt to respond to the other person. You need to ends. have an intervention with her and tell her to stop <laughs> yeah. using it. Well, no, look, this is my, this is my fucking <laughs> gateway to Deborah. I'm not going to lose Marco yeah, Polo right. because you, you, well, okay, yeah, maybe you only want, you know, Marco Polo with your with your amazing must-see TV actress co-stars because <laughs> yeah. it's an incredible glimpse into their lives. But I was just talking to Deborah, and she, it's like her, her I realized, because she's so happy having a break, 
I mean, you know, now that the pandemic's over, we can say we're happy having a break now, I guess. No, but like she has never not worked since she yeah. graduated from grad school. And she was the first Harper in Angels in America because they workshopped oh, wow. it at NYU grad. And oh, wow. She immediately I didn't know did. I know, isn't that wild? And then she, yeah. sorry, I'm just obsessed with their messing. But then she did a, she did a pilot and she, so this is the first time she's ever not worked. And I, that kind of wow. hit me, you know, because of course my life is the inverse where <laughs> this is the first time I've worked, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a twin? Is, is, I saw this on the internet. Is Nick, the actor Nick Westrate, is that your twin brother? Oh my God. Wait, where? <laughs> no, I mean, he is, but he's not biologically. He's one of my good friends. But where was that? It was on, I think I saw it on IMDb on, on his, yours and no. his. Yes. No. I was like, Max is, first of all, that guy's not Jewish. And second That's of all. <laughs> got me. That's not he's, true, right? He's planting bad information. Nick That's Westray so is funny. my dear friend. He looks a lot like me. We're actually developing, um, a, It's we think it's a movie. We're, we're still working on it, but we think it's about these gay priest twin brothers <laughs> um, who work at a Catholic school in L.A. <laughs> but um we just have to play brothers anyway he's he's brilliant yeah and i'm about to spend actually i'm about to spend a week in woodstock with like my group of boys oh i'm really proud of my group of boys it's half gay half straight oh that's, oh, that's fun. fun that's fun it's, wow. that's very and that's the group that i think is like always trying Who's they think i'm beds? trying to like suck their dicks because i like being naked mm-hmm. and they're all like okay can you please you know <laughs> i'm like i'm sorry <laughs> Well, I have to say, I'm very, I'm looking forward to being on your close friends list on Instagram <laughs> yes. now. That is, yeah. that's going to be and, and as Marco be Polo as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my Marco God, yeah, Polo and all Marco Polo. We're going to be great, Dion friends. I'm just going to be. Are you guys? Do you guys do close friends? I do. I do. Oh yeah. Usually for like political things. Oh mm. sure. Yeah. You don't want to reveal your bad politics. <laughs> yeah. no i mainly just don't want to have the like i don't want to have conversations with idiots so i only yeah. put political things on close friends because so i not to berate anyone listening but most people are dumb and mm-hmm. i don't sure. want mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. have that conversation mm-hmm. and if i are you from are one of you are from missouri is that right i am oh yeah missouri. my dad's from missouri so i i know the exact oh. people you're talking about when you say that oh. <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So I, no, I, I keep that close. Salt, I keep salt to the earth, salt to the earth. That's what yes. well, thank, you, thank you so much you. for doing this. <laughs> We've barely Max. covered any ground. This is yeah, right. <laughs> just a chat. Yeah. Where can people follow you on the internet? On Max Jenkins, y'all, which I'm, that's, <laughs> I'm misappro- I'm appropriating y'all because I'm not Southern. <laughs> yeah, you're I, from I, Manhattan. I <laughs> right. Manhattan, close to where Elliot's from. Mm. But um, I thought enough. we were still figuring out our mics. I, I didn't know we had started. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're on and off. Oh, yeah. well, thanks, Max. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, we really I love you guys. Okay, if you have any other questions about the actresses, because I, I feel like I didn't, yeah, I didn't communicate the essences of the actresses. Yeah, DM, DM Max about uh, questions about Deborah Messing. DM me questions. <laughs> or Christina or Wendy Malik, primarily. Actually. Oh, my God. Wendy Malik, I will. <laughs> thank you. And another thing. So the internet was a buzz this past week because now apparently this one writer is suggesting that there is a new definition for millennials. Now millennials are defined as people being born between 1980 and 1994. This was, was a large swath of generations there, and a lot happened in those years. And the writer Erica, I, her name is I think Dawan, but I think, yeah, I, I think it's just Dawan. 
is it Dwan? Okay, I good. So. I kept fucking it up in my head and thinking of different ways I could be saying it. She oh, you son of a I bitch. I know, I know. I always you thought- You son I, of a bitch. I wanted to be like, I, I kept seeing the N as an M and I was like, Erica, damn. That's what it's I thought I was she's reading. a woman. You can't read women names. <laughs> anyway, she yeah. wrote an article on Medium, which is basically, it's not an article, it's a blog post, but she wrote on Medium that there are separating two groups of millennials. There's the- sort of just like regular millennials, which she says are people born in the late 80, mid to late 80s to 1994. And then yeah. the millennials born between 1980 and sort of mid to late 80s should be called geriatric millennials. <laughs> she mm -hmm. says that these geriatric millennials are comfortable with both analog and digital forms of communication and was the first generation to grow up with technology like a PC in their homes, which is true. I mean, yeah. I think we all can agree that that was at least the three of us. Yeah. Um, except for Brent. Brent was alive in the fifties, and he remembers sort of. Oh, um, but we, we were a Mac. We were an Apple house. Were you? Oh, yeah, wow. we only had Macs, and we I had the we early had Mac. Mac. We had the Block Mac originally, yes, but then we too. had the PC later on. Yeah, we had the mm. Block Mac, and then the iMac Not first generation, us. which was horrendous. We Not never had us. the iMac. I was we jealous never. of everybody who had PCs, <laughs> <laughs> but they were they worked. Yeah. There were a lot of angry Twitter users, mainly, who um, responded to her article in really aggressive ways, primarily, you know, <laughs> geriatric millennials. Yeah. Who, and, um, and she specified, too, that it's if you're born between 80 and 85, you're a geriatric millennial. Yeah. Which, I mean, the the use of word, well, we'll get to it, but yeah, there's yeah. one comment, there's one comment that I laughed. I literally had a dramatic reading in my head as I read it. I could actually hear the person <laughs> yeah. saying this. The, this user wrote, as an older millennial and someone that has friends and family that are older millennials, this is highly offensive. It gets better. This is ageist. I am literally shaking, shaking. right now. Delete this. Like, can Trembling. you imagine writing that? I like, can't <laughs> fathom being so unhinged that I, that I become that mad over a term like and, it didn't bother me at all geriatric I mean, I don't, millennial i think the use of the word she could have used a different word geriatric makes it seem like you're elderly and, and feeble like it's not it's not a good word to well, they also oh how dare you they also describe geriatric pregnancy as like pregnancy for women who are in their like 30s yeah so yeah. it's all very yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all very respective i just got scientific say, relative, right. right i just got to say relative right but i have to say about that comment that it's so funny because First of all, Erica Dewan is not reading the comments. Second of all, yeah. when this person says delete this, sorry, but there's no world in which you command demanding that yeah. they delete this. Yeah. They're gonna go, okay, I mean delete the article. Okay. The thing I'm that gonna, blows uh, me the thing that This blows woman me who away. knows people her age yes. has told me to delete it and therefore And, and uh, we should say this too, that Erica is also a geriatric millennial. She sure, was born in the early 80s. Yeah. Um so the thing my take on it at least is I have never, on this podcast and other podcasts, I don't give a fuck about the years and millennials and Gen X. I don't even mm -hmm. understand where people mm -hmm. fall and shit. Like, I don't get it. But I have found that the modern sort of queer audience, younger queer audience, are obsessed with whatever generation they, they feel like they belong to. Yes. To the point where if you misgeneration them, like similarly to misgendering them, but if you misgeneration them and you lump sort of Gen Xers into the millennial window, 
they will come at you with a force in the comments and DMs that is unparalleled to other levels Unreal. of anger. It's insane to me that people because care they don't about want this to be as much as Generation X because it's too old. I don't understand. I don't. I've literally on yeah. this podcast we've done it before where we, you know, someone who's younger who was born after 1994, we've called a millennial, and like the response has been insane. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, and I it blows not, me away. I was not really. A fa- I mean, of course, when I'm like. Oh my god, geriatric! Like for I had it took pause. It's the wrong word. It's, it's the, wrong. the wrong word. But I also read it and I thought it was really interesting. I mean, in particular, she points out that, you know, uh, being comfortable with analog and digital, mm-hmm. uh, I think is very specifically quite unique to the to those five years. Yeah, and it really does make sense because it's if you were born before that or after that you either had it one way or the other you know it Mm -hmm. it really was different but i think it's an interest it is sort of an interesting way to frame um you know the way we experience technology because something like tiktok i can find overwhelming but i don't feel elderly you know Mm -hmm. like it's i can figure it out if i wanted to whereas everything else that we've dealt with technology has felt second nature to me for the most part Except yeah, Gmail, yeah. I was initially afraid you know of what, Gmail. And, 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 you know what? <laughs> really? Why? Did it yes. scare you? Did it scare yes. you? <laughs> because I was like, wait a minute. What do you mean archive? Like, I don't, I don't want a messy oh mailbox, <laughs> and I could not understand the people idea. People always of... comment on. Because I was an early adopter of Gmail, and people always comment about how I got that email. Like, with I'm not going to say what my email is, but people comment on how <laughs> I got that email, and I'm always. But now it's actually a problem because it's such a common email yeah. thing that I'm getting like receipts from people in like Kentucky who are mistakenly <laughs> using right. my very easy email. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, here's a weird example. My brother is five years older. Oh, I guess for the sake of this podcast, he's 10 years older than me. He was born in 78. <laughs> he was born in 1978. And he told me, I guess I haven't witnessed this, but he told me that he doesn't type. Uh, he, he like, he still hunts and pecks by yeah, typing he like uses like his fingers i mean presumably he's uh, i would imagine still quite fast at it but like yeah and i was like god is that that's interesting because i remember having a uh, computer Typing class, class. Yeah. in sixth grade and it would and it was like I re- excruciating to like take it but i was like yeah this is i feel like this is important and and i feel like that's when i became like a pretty good typist yeah, yeah i think I've growing had- up Go ahead, Aaron. Just growing up with Apple and growing up with Macs in the house, like they were very user friendly. And so mm-hmm. I kind of learned that way and doing a lot of like, you know, educational computer games. But the thing that yeah. this this article made me think of for, for, I don't know exactly for what reason or another, was such a strong memory of being in high school, early high school. And I was always afraid of, I was always petrified of a girl having a crush on me <laughs> and, and of course it would happen but i was always go- trying of in my course head. it would happen that <laughs> is quite the statement arrogant guy well of no. course it would happen i don't think no. a girl a girl had never had a crush on me not one day no what i'm saying is like inevitably at least one girl is gonna find me cute or whatever yeah there were a few girls who found me cute but the, you know the thing was i would always be so nervous about the pursuit of it that I would truly, I would obsess and hope that these, and I would try to make it so that these girls didn't think of me. So I would try to erase my footprint. I would avoid them in the hallways, knowing where the, what their schedules were. And there, was oh one, there was this one, there was one girl that made me think, I just remembered it so clearly of having an AOL email and yeah. having AOL yeah. 
and literally being sick to my stomach with the knowledge that this one girl from this like honors chorus in another school got my email because I was too afraid to like say no. And I would check <clears throat> AOL petrified that this girl had emailed me. Did you <laughs> just ignore her? God. No, because the idea that she even thought of me in any ca oh, capacity, wow. rem even remotely sexually, was yeah, petrifying I think, to me. I, so think, I think that fits into the geriatric <laughs> millennial moment. Yeah. We didn't have, I remember we didn't have, we couldn't afford a computer for like most of my childhood, but I still had access to, like we always had a computer lab yeah. in school, so I always had yeah. that element. But recently I had a moment where I found, even with Michael, that he'll FaceTime all the time. Like that's how, that's how he talks on the phone. It's just mm -hmm. FaceTime. It's constantly FaceTime. And I, I don't, I'm, I don't gravitate towards FaceTime. It's like not my natural, like it's not the first thing I think of. I think yeah. of a phone call. And I had a moment recently with my friend, Jonathan, where we wanted to talk about something. He wanted to FaceTime me, but I was not in a moment to FaceTime at all. I was mm -hmm. like not physically ready for a FaceTime. And so I had a phone call and I literally had a moment where I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm that era of sort yeah. of like, it's still, FaceTime yeah. is still a thing that See, I do on special occasions. I think yeah. the marker, the big generation marker is not just 80 to 85. I think the generation marker is if you would rather text than call. Yeah. If you would rather text than call, then you are older than a geriatric millennial. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Oh, fully. You are a no. geriatric millennial or younger. If you would rather call, then you are a geriatric geriatric. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm a millennial then because I hate being on the phone. I never want to be on the phone. I would yeah. I'll always. That's, will sorry, text. that's that's what I'm saying. Text. Sorry, maybe yeah. I said it wrong. If you are a geriatric millennial or younger, then I think you would much rather text than call. Do you remember remember the AIM days and yeah. like yeah, you would add AIM. people on AIM even and they couldn't they didn't know you had added them so you could like read their away messages. Yeah, I still one of my favorite like most excruciating moments in my like i guess early uh, you know late teens early 20s was i put this guy in my on my aim feed that i thought was cute i think i saw him on xy.com which is really yes, dated xy.com and and i put him on and he had an away message that was you know one of these like kind of stupid like romantic poetry shit but at the end, it was like, you know, uh, something like, you know, uh, is, is my is my true love really out there? Is it you? And then it was yeah. my it was my screen name. It was my my AIM name. And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, my God, this guy, he must have seen, he must have seen me on like X, Y or something. He has a crush on me. And so I remember messaging him like, well, here I am, you know, and then. And then like, and I, I like went to bed and like in the morning I woke up and he, and he wrote back, he's like, excuse me. And I'm like, that's weird. He's like, he wrote a message about, he wrote an away message about me. Yeah. And then like, I asked someone at school and they were like, oh, there's a way to create away messages where it will input whoever is reading the away mm. message. It'll input their AIM handle. <laughs> so you, you, you think it's about you, but it's not. And it's so he was confused that he had played this trick on you. He was confused by that. No, I oh, was no, confused yeah, because was because confused. he duped oh, me into, oh, oh. into like accidentally thinking he was talking about me and he wasn't. Well, you, that's annoying. And I'm yeah, still that is very annoying. But the aim I had one of the most embarrassing moments because of aim AOL and aim. Because when, when I switched over from, you know how AOL used to have the profiles you could make? Yeah, on yeah AOL, of course. But then when aim, you had the a message, the away message you could use. Yeah. And 
I had this embarrassment like 10, 15 years after AIM had gone away and I've never used it and whatever. I, my away message, so my favorite film of all time is Terms of Endearment. Mm -hmm. And one of the lines in Terms of Endearment is Shirley MacLaine telling Jack Nicholson that her back door is open. And so like... (laughs) So I and I didn't know what that meant for so long. So my away my uh, aim message was my back door is open. Oh, wow. <laughs> for, for so many years, and I didn't realize it was a bad thing until literally ten years after. So how many people came across me on AIM thinking I'm a ravenous <laughs> anal? Like, were, you, were you like fourteen years old? Uh, yeah, I get. I was like, wow, yeah, I was like 12, so 13, funny. 14, but it was my oh my favorite gosh. movie, and I love that line. <laughs> I used, I used aim to come out to my friends. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Wow. I was on the phone with a friend, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna tell you something that I can't say on the phone. And I oh, the I, drama! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. My friend was like, Cringe-worthy. I was like, I heard the aim like bling, and then she goes, Yeah, I know. <laughs> did did you did you put out because you know you could change the colors of your text and aim did you change it to the rainbow when you were like i'm gay and wouldn't have done it then with, <laughs> wouldn't do it now <laughs> i'll see you in a bit uh now if i don't answer the bell that means that the back door is open the back door is open <laughs> What would, what would your, your aunt, aunt say? say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? I, I follow Elliot on Instagram, and I agree with Max. He needs to post more thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> My Aunt Joanne would say, uh, you, you, talk about how, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> I was what? Like, no, I was like, no. Hot back summer and how, like, you know, your Aunt Marilyn got <laughs> <laughs> you can't so, even get it out. Got her, got her pussy ate after polio died down or something. I don't know. The joke didn't form. That's great. What about, what I, about, love it. I love it nonetheless. What about Aunt Anne? Oh, well, my Aunt Anne would say, I didn't really follow that whole Ella Fitzgerald conversation, but <laughs> let me just say, I am a friend of Ella. <laughs> oh my god well thanks for that that also took me a second too scat scat got it ella yeah. friends of ella that like scatting yeah. got it although yeah. did she scat i don't know if she's yeah she's oh she, she was a, she was a master scatter yeah. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know yeah <laughs> she was amazing oh yeah. rest in power yes <laughs> thanks oh for my this. god <laughs> elliot <laughs> Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. I'm Elliot. I'm Ella Glazer Gerald. Oh wow! <laughs> I am drunk. Brent not Sullivan. <laughs> and I'm a friend of Ella. This is off the rails. <laughs> but no cursing. Yeah, no cursing. No Just poop talk. No cursing. You can't. You can't reference that Elliot was shirtless at any point anymore. He gets mad, even though he posts his own pictures. He's like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> And you're like, oh, wait, no, th- this, I'm just commenting on a picture you posted. How dare you? Keeping it in. Keeping it in. <laughs> yeah.